And so if you're with us today, we've been on a series over the last couple months about growing in the favor of God, and uh, we're getting close to landing the plane on that series. Tom has done a great job the last couple weeks. He talked about uh, Joseph's journey uh, and how God's favor was with him even when he was in the prison and how important it is for us to understand that even when things aren't going well in our life, we still have to look for the favor because the favor is actually there, right? And he did a great job of sharing what, what season of life are you in in that message. And if you didn't hear it, I really want to encourage you to go back and listen to that message because you there's it's really helpful to understand that process that Joseph went through. And it's important for you to see where you're at so that you can identify that so you know how to position your heart in worship and pressing in towards God. So that was a good message. And he also talked about the favor that we all get through our salvation through Christ. And uh, so we've been on this journey about favor, growing in the favor of God. And you say, well, you know, even with Tom's message last week that we all have a measure of favor that we get in our salvation that, that should cause us to worship because <laughs> we've been given tremendous blessing in our salvation from the Lord, right? But the Bible talks about how Jesus grew in both favor with God and man, and Samuel grew with both favor with God and man. And so we've been on this thing as a church, as we've wanted to press into the favor of God, the presence of God, that there are things that hinder the favor of God towards our life. And so we've went over things like how pride, pride in our heart, pride in our thinking really sets us up to, to, to keep favor from coming to our to, to, coming towards us. And we talked about that, how God resists the proud, but he gives favor to the humble. And the other word even Tom talked about in the message was how the word favor and grace, those two words are the same word. <clears throat> and so God's grace and his favor gets turned towards you. And so we want to grow in that favor. So we've talked about how we got to get pride out of our life. And all of you have been working on getting pride out of your heart. We've talked about how humility attracts the favor of God. And so we've been in this process of humbling ourselves before God, humbling ourselves in our relationships and seeking God in, in our lives. We talked about honoring one another and how honor attracts the favor of God. And so even Jeff had a message about honoring uh, political figures and, and county officials, honoring uh, in the home and how we're to honor uh, in the home and how we're to honor spiritual leadership. And so we've been going through this series. And so if you're a guest with us, that's kind of where we've been as a church. And so we're just kind of bringing you up to, to speed. <clears throat> in the last message I shared, was a message that God is attracted to people of covenant. You guys remember that message? That when we're a people of covenant, covenant relationships with each other and covenant relationships within our marriages, covenant relationships within our friendships, where we're committed, we cut covenant, we, we are committed to each other. Is anybody committed to anybody besides yourself, hopefully? But we are committed, we're, we're, we're all in. And, and that, that, that message of covenant was this thing of we give up our right to quit as we walk together in the Lord. And this church, we, we, we're giving up our right to quit together as we walk to fulfill the purpose of God in this church and in this city and what God has for us. Can I have an amen on that? Because it takes us all doing the will of God in our lives. But I want to kind of back, uh, not back up, but I want to go back to that message of covenant because what's important about that message of covenant, if we're going to be a people who walk in covenant with each other within this church, if we're going to be a people that walk in covenant with our marriages, because I know there's no marriages in here where you get mad at your spouse, right? Never. There's never ever conflict. There's never anything wrong, right? You're always in unity, right? <sighs> Only when we're sleeping. That's a good one. That's a good one. Only when we're sleeping, we are in unity. We are in the same page, same bed, and we are asleep. Well, you don't get much done sleeping. Can I have an amen on that for the kingdom? And so if we're going to be, what God put in my heart, if we're going to be a people of covenant and we don't quit on each other, we don't quit on our relationships, we've got to understand that in order to walk that covenant out, what is it that always makes us not stick? Because we've all had relationships where we go, that relationship's just way too hard. I just want to give up. Anybody been there? That relationship's way too hard. I just, I, I don't want to keep a hold of the rope. I just want to let the rope go and say, sink or swim. Sorry, dude, I'm out, you know. 
Because, let's face it, covenant doesn't show up until there's a problem. I find out real quick, if I'm in covenant with you in our relationship, that when we, you and I have a disagreement, where we don't see eye to eye, where things just aren't quite going the way we want them to go. You have a different opinion, I have a different opinion. That's when covenant really shows up. You find out real quick who's your friend. You really find out real quick who is closer than a brother is when the phrase, the crap hits the fan. Right? And so in that message of covenant, I challenge us as a people that if we are going to be a people of covenant, and we are going to be people who don't quit in our relationships, because praise the Lord, Jesus didn't quit on us. Can I have an amen on that? We've got to choose not to quit and be in covenant with each other. And, it, in, and as we're in that covenant, it attracts the favor of God. But not only does it attract the favor of God, what I believe it does is it, 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 it stops the division from the kingdom of darkness from advancing against us. So not only does it bring the favor of God, but there is an ultimate, another kingdom that is trying to bring division. It's trying to bring disunity. It's, the enemy is trying to conquer not only our nation, but us. The kingdom of darkness is trying to get division in all of our relationships. But when I'm in covenant with you and I choose not to quit and I press towards you in, the, in the, that difficulty or in that time when we're not seeing eye to eye, I'm actually pushing back the kingdom of darkness as I hang on to the rope of my relationship with you. And that's what I want to do. I want to be a people who we stick close and we say we're going to be in even when things aren't going well. Can I have an in on that but if I'm going to be that type of a covenant person I've got to learn to navigate conflict I've got to navigate conflict I've got to navigate how do I keep my heart right when I am in conflict because what I said I just said it that when I'm in conflict is when covenant shows up. So how do I carry my heart? How do I position my heart with you and you with me when the conflict shows up? Because my friends, conflict will always show up. Always. Everybody say always. Everybody say always. Conflict always shows up. And we must learn how to navigate conflict. And we must learn how to not quit in conflict. It is the conflict that makes us want to quit. If you're in conflict with anybody right now in your relationships, if you're in conflict with anybody, it, it is the conflict that causes you to want to quit. So it's when that conflict comes, what am I going to do? And that's where I want to go today because I believe it is in the fire of conflict that mature covenant comes. It, I have had so many conflicts with Pastor Tom, with my wife, with other people that are close to me. But when I weather the storm of that conflict and I keep my heart right and I believe in them and they believe in me, it matures my covenant. And I'm telling you, when I go to be with Jesus and I'm on my deathbed, which I pray is a long time from now, hallelujah, I will be thankful for those relationships that stood with me in the fire of affliction. Can I have an amen on that? And so most people in this house and in our culture hate conflict. They avoid conflict like the plague. Can I have a witness? Can I have a witness? And what I'm saying is conflict is not bad, and it actually is there, and we should explore it. We should explore conflict. Can I have an email on that? So today's message is going to, we're going to continue to hang out out there a little bit today, and we're going to talk about hanging on the rope. <laughs> Everybody say, hang on the rope. I'm going to hang on my rope in my relationships. 
when I'm in conflict. Woohoo! Sounds like a fun day today. God set us up. You may not be wanting to say that ever we get done. No, I'm just kidding. So, that's where we're going today. So, covenant means I don't quit. And how do I do that when you're hurting me? How do I do that when I'm angry or you're angry at me? How do I do that when you've disappointed me? How do I do that if you're living in sin and you're refusing to repent and you're refusing to to turn towards the Lord? What happens when a, a spouse hurts you or a child hurts you or a leader hurts you? How do I not let go of the rope in that conflict? And so that's, that's kind of where we're going to go today. You guys with me on that? Because all of us have been angry. All of us have been frustrated. I've seen it on Facebook. I mean, Facebook. <laughs> you know, usually when we get in conflict, we, we get passive-aggressive. Usually when we are in conflict, we get a buddy and say, Can you believe... Usually when we're in conflict, we try to get a posse, and we go, I mean, look what they did to me. I mean, my hair looks wonderful, you know. And we get people ganged up with us. We get people on our side. We get passive-aggressive. We get angry. We, we blow up. We, we do all kinds of stuff. I'm going to show a video here shortly of kind of the world's way of conflict, and I, I want to dismantle that that process that the world goes through in conflict because unfortunately the church, it's, it's thicker than hair on a dog's rear end in the church. Sorry, I know. It is. But, okay, sorry. For those guests, I know, I try to reel that back in, sorry. I am sometimes that way. <laughs> But to master covenant relationships, we must learn how to confront each other in a healthy, loving, and non-controlling way. Everybody say non-controlling. In a non-controlling way. <laughs> and to, to learn, we, must, we have to learn how to do this. And, and when we do, and when we grow in that, we grow in the favor of God, and we, we continue to push back the kingdom of darkness, and we bring heaven to earth. Because I'm telling you what, I want to bring heaven to earth. I don't want to bring more of the world. I don't want to bring more of the world, the world's way of doing it. Just watch CNN. Just watch all the news channels. You, it's, it, you can see how the world's doing conflict. But let's watch a video. This happened in our own state of Indiana, and I could have showed you uh, probably a hundred videos today on how the world does conflict because it's a dime a dozen out there. I could have shown you a hundred videos, just everybody getting their bows in an uproar on face masks <laughs> and the fights that have taken place in uh, the roadhouse and Home Depot and this place and that place and the conflict. It's like, woohoo, baby. I couldn't even show them to you because of the, the words. I, I, had, I could only get this one because it didn't have any cuss words because it would have been going beep, 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 beep. So let's show that video. Nathan, everybody thank Nathan in the sound booth. All right, Nathan. Yeah, Nathan, show that video. Yeah, wonderful neighbors. You guys, you got any wonderful neighbors around you? All you guys say, I want to live in the country, so I have to put up with that, right? Uh-huh, right. I could have shown you a one of a, of a mother confronting her daughter, and I mean, she, the, the, the daughter was dressed like, um, like she was going to a nightclub, and the mother was just going off on her. Shame you, shame you. I mean, the anger that was coming out of her and the words she was speaking over her daughter. But the, the mother was so afraid. So the, the mother was so afraid that her, her fear caused the anger. And her, she was using her anger to try to control her daughter, to get her daughter to come back. She didn't want her daughter to get pregnant. She didn't want her daughter to you know, do, do all the mistakes that she probably had already done. And the control that took place. Well, what I want to say is that is not what God's people are to do. Can I have an amen? Okay, everybody clear on that. That is not the pattern of this kingdom of God. Can I have an amen on that? That is not what confrontations look like when you're in conflict with somebody. And if you're doing that in your home, 
You have an opportunity today. The Holy Spirit's been drawing our hearts and he's been saying, hey, come to me. Come to me. I'm knocking on your door. Allow the Spirit of God to convict you and repent and, and confess to your family and clean your mess up. We're going to, that, that, I mean, because that's not the way we do it. But every one of us in this room, every one of us have fallen into that. Has anybody else? I have bloodied my son's nose. And it wasn't with a fist. It was in the car, and we're going down the road, and there was a wisecrack that he made, and I said, you won't talk like that to me, and I hit his nose instead of his mouth. So we've all used anger. So I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to, to shame you, because we've all done it, okay? All I'm saying is, if we're going to be a people of covenant, we've got to retrain ourselves, We've got to renew our mind. We've got to get God inside of us, and we have to do things the way he wants us to do. And I know that's your heart. I know everyone here is going, that's what I want. But man, when this happens, I just want to come with a baseball bat. <laughs> We've all owned a baseball bat, right? But what I want you to do right now, just if you would, just close your eyes for a moment. Think of someone you're in conflict with right now. For some of you, that will happen really fast. Maybe they've hurt you. Maybe they betrayed you. Maybe they've sinned against you. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your siblings. Maybe it's children. Maybe it's a friend here at church. But get a name in your, get a name in your brain. And have you ever wanted to quit on that relationship? Go ahead and answer that. Have you already quit on that relationship? Are you angry? Think about the separation there is between you. Think about the elephant in the room every time you see them. Do you want that relationship repaired? I want to activate your will right now. Do you want that relationship repaired? And do you want to be a person of covenant where you don't let go of the rope and you stay committed to the relationship? Because this message is not going to help you if you're not willing to restore the relationship. So everybody got somebody in your mind? If you, got everybody, if you got somebody in your mind, go ahead and open your eyes. So how do we get there? How do we become this people of covenant where we, don't, we give up our right to quit? How do we get there? And here's what I want to say today, and I hope you're taking notes today because you're going to need to go over this stuff because in the renewing of your brain, a message on Sunday morning just doesn't cut the mustard. You'll go away from here going, oh, man, that was a good message, and I was really convicted. But if you don't take the truths, you don't write them down, you don't meditate on them, you don't say God and work with God and pray with God about what he's wanting to do in you and how he's wanting you to repair those relationships, it won't become renewed truth. It won't become revelation, okay? So I just want to encourage you to take notes. This is, this is where you could take a note down right now. The foundation of restored relationships, the foundation that your feet have to be upon before you can ever work out any relationship, the foundation, the building block is that of reconciliation. And it comes from the power of our own reconciliation to God. So the foundation of, of restoring relationships comes out of the, the powerful truth that you've been reconciled to God. And you're going, why is that so important? If you don't have an understanding and a revelation of what you've been saved from, if you don't realize how dark and ugly your sin and your failure was before you came to Christ, if you don't realize how you've been reconciled to God yourself, even while you were yet a sinner, you will never be able to give reconciliation to anyone else. 
Because what we're talking about today in restoring relationships, we're talking about reconciliation. Everybody say the word reconciliation. reconciliation. We're talking about reconciliation. We're talking about the Word of God. And some, and the Bible says we, we all sin. And we all were separated from God in our sin. Can I have an amen on that? Each one of us, we have the same starting point. We have all been separated from God. We've all missed the mark. We all have had sin in our life where we have fallen short from God. Can I have an amen? And the Bible says that we were enemies of God. And, the, and, and, and as an enemy, we were constantly sinning against God. And we have hurt him, we've disappointed him, we've messed up. And because of our father Abraham, or not Abraham, our father Adam, who f- first initiated this sin process, we have been broken as a people. When we're bo- we are born into sin, are we not? And so we've got to understand. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the scripture today about the, the, the reconciliation that God did in his own heart and how he gave that reconciliation to you so that you understand this process. Because unless we have this foundational truth of what reconciliation is to God, you are not going to be able to give it away. Can I have an amen on that? So that's where we're going today. So I want to show you a scripture. If you have your Bibles or your iPhones or whatever, go to Romans 5.10. And I'm going to start breaking down this word reconciled. We're going to start talking about it, and I just really believe that um, the Lord is wooing our hearts. I believe he's, he's knocking on our hearts today, and I just really sense even the worship as we've went where we've went today. God has prepared our hearts for this message, and so I praise him for it. So let's read it, Romans 5.10. For if, while we were God's enemies, say God's enemies, We were reconciled to him through death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Now, I want to point out something about this passage in Romans. This is about God. Everybody say God. God. This is about something God has done for you. While we were enemies... What's the other passage? We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Before we were reconciled, before we came to know Christ, before we said yes to him, before we surrendered our life to his lordship, we were complete enemies to God, right? But I want you to notice here what it says. What's up, Doc? While we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to him through death of his son. While being a very enemy, while I was in conflict, while I was messing up, while I was in sin, while I was not even a follower of Christ, I was not even following his ways, before I even knew him, before I had even had a chance to say, I want you, I was in sin, I was in conflict with God, I was alienated from him, I was his enemy. That's you. And you say, why is that so important, Eric? It's it's that reconciliation can come even when people are sinning against you. Even when people are hurting you, you can make a choice to be like God. You can make a choice that even though people are doing things against you, you can choose to reconcile your own heart. What God did is he reconciled his heart, his wrath. He reconciled that through Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? In other words, it wasn't what you did. It wasn't your actions. It wasn't because you said yes. It wasn't because you're good. It wasn't because you smelt good. It wasn't because you did anything. God chose to reconcile his own heart of anger and wrath because of our sin. And he chose to reconcile you through Christ's death and his resurrection. This is going to make more sense here in a few minutes as I, I unpack this. 
Because the word reconciliation means this. To exchange. Everybody say to exchange. To reestablish proper, friendly, interpersonal relations after they have been disrupted or broken. To take away the separation. To make things right with one another. To make peace with. To settle the issue. To forgive. So my point that I'm trying to make in this reconciliation thing is with God first, I must come to this revelation of what I've been reconciled from and what I deserved and what I've been given through Christ. If I don't, I will not give it to you. I can't give it to you. I must import that which I need to export. I must import this revelation that God's wrath was satisfied with me because of his heart, because of his son, because of his son, that God seen the pure sacrifice. He literally accepted Jesus as that atoning sacrifice for me to reconcile me back to God to put me back into friendship with God to put me back into interpersonal relationships he exchanged what I deserved he exchanged it through Christ and he gave me a friendly attitude a friendly disposition towards me rather than wrath and anger is anybody glad about that by the way I don't know about you, but I'm glad God's not mad at me because I've done some boneheaded stuff. And so this reconciliation, it's this repairing of relationship. It's repairing the relationship with our friends, our family. It's, 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 it's about us restoring what has been broken. That's what reconciliation is. And the power of God's reconciliation to you. I want us to get today. I want to remind us that we were separated in our relationship with God. I want to remind us the sin that had disrupted and broken our relationship with God. I want to remind us that through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, God refused, everybody say God refused, to reckon or to count whatever word you want to use our sins against us. We have a need over there. In exchange, he imputed your sin. Get this. He imputed your sin, and he put it on Christ instead. He imputed your sin, and he put it on Christ instead of putting it on you. He bore our sins on the cross, and he endured the penalty that we deserved. He endured the penalty that you and I deserved. Do you guys realize that? That we might be reconciled back to God in relationship to God and be made the righteousness of God in Christ. We talk about it being the free gift of righteousness. We talk about it being salvation. We talk about all those principles, but literally Jesus Christ took on your sin. He took on all that for you so that you could be reconciled back to God. Is anybody happy about that? No, seriously. Are you really happy about that? That's why we can approach the throne of God boldly. That's why I don't have to feel like a dirty worm. That's why I can confess my sin to God and say, Lord, I messed up this week. And God, I just, I am sorry. I repent. I turn from that. And God, I choose you. And I receive your reconciliation. I receive it again that Christ took that for me. He established, he reestablished proper, friendly relationships with you. <laughs> I don't know you about you, but I remember the guilt and the shame. Anybody with me? I think we sometimes get saved and we've been saved so long, we forget how bad we were. <laughs> it's like, I was that? I used to do that. 
And then we kind of start minimizing our little sins that we do or the other sins that we do. And we don't realize that those sins still separate us from God. They still alienate us, but because of Christ, I'm still in right relationship. I've been justified as if I'd never done it. This could be a communion sermon. So God reestablishes proper friendly re relationship with you to take away your person, your separation from him, to settle the issue of sin, to forgive you, to make things right. So would you agree that we have been given a gift of reconciliation to God through Christ? We have been given reconciliation as a gift from God. And that's so important because where I want to move to and, and, and part of the action plan later in the, the message is going to be to meditate on this truth this week because, you know, this thing of understanding the reconciliation that God has given us through Christ is, is so critical. I promise you, you'll never be able to get it, give it to somebody else if you don't realize what's been done for you. And so I just really encourage you to do that. So point one today is we've been given a gift of reconciliation to God through Christ. And if you want to write that down, say you, you just write it down. I've been given the gift of reconciliation to God. I've been reconciled back to God. I have been reconciled back to God. Say that. I've been reconciled back to God through Christ. I have been reconciled back to God through Christ. I have been reconciled, act like you mean it, back to God through Christ. I have been reconciled back to God. My relationship is no longer broken to God because of Christ. I have been reconciled back to God. The devil no longer has his hold on me. The weight of sin no longer has its weight on me. I have been reconciled back to God through Christ. So, the point one being, I've been given a gift of reconciliation to God through Christ. But the other point that I want to make today, we also have been given a responsibility. Okay? Point one, we have been given a gift of rec reconciliation to God through Christ, but we've also been given a responsibility. Say, I have a responsibility. Now that you've been given this amazing gift of reconciliation back to God, now we're going to find out through the Word of God, we've also been given not only that gift, but we've also been given a responsibility. And so we're going to go to a passage in 2 Corinthians 5.18 that tells us this from the Word. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Everybody say, I am responsible for the ministry of reconciliation. I am responsible for the ministry of reconciliation. Now, I'm going to make two points today. Not only are we responsible as God's people, to, to the ministry of reconciliation and what does that mean, but we are responsible to those who do not know Christ to bring them into reconciliation with God is what that's saying, okay? So I have a responsibility as a believer to those in the world around me, to those I come in contact. I have a ministry of reconciliation. The Bible says, go ye into all the world and what? Preach the gospel and what? Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you till the very end. And so there's this responsibility that we have as Christian people to give the ministry of reconciliation, that that which we've been given, we want to give it away. If you're really that excited about how you've been reconciled to God, and you're not going to hell, by the way, <laughs> anybody glad about that? There are people who are going to hell every day. 
I praise God that my brother Gene knew Christ. I praise God that when he crossed over at 428, he, his ticket was punched and he had received the gift of reconciliation back to God. Amen. Now, was that man perfect? Uh-uh. Neither are you, correct? But man, that guy loved the Lord. And we have a responsibility to give reconciliation to others. And so, but there's two areas of responsibility that I want to capitalize on. That one, I could preach a whole sermon on about bringing people into a reconciling, reconciling relationship with God through Christ. And that's another message that we're probably going to hit on before the year ends because we need to get busy in this house in helping people come to know Christ. Can I have an amen on that? We've got to get outside these four walls, and we've got to become people who are helping people that we work with. We're helping people around us. We're helping people at school to come to know Christ. Can I have an amen on that? But the second area that I really want to hone in on is is our relationship. You have a responsibility to to bring reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation, to your relationships. You cannot take, I dropped the rope, and I want to quit route. The ministry of reconciliation is a ministry that God wants us to restore our relationships with. That's why I spent a little bit of time on talking about restoration. And so the Bible in in 2 Corinthians, I want to back up a little bit in verse 14. It says, for Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. Now the point I want to make here, number one, is I'm supposed to be compelled by love. I'm supposed to be compelled by what has been done for me. I have been, I have been rescued. I've been delivered. I've been set free. I have been given salvation. I have been reconciled to God. That kind of love, what you have been given, should make you a little excited. And so it should compel me not only to worship, but it should compel me to love people around me. But the issue here, he says, because we are convinced that one died for all. And so the point that I I really felt like the Lord wanted me to make is, is how is it that God looks at you? You know, it says later in verse 17, they are a new creation, the old has passed away. And in that, that passage, it even goes into, don't look at each other after the flesh, but look at them after the Spirit. And so the reason I brought these two scriptures up is, is are you convinced that through Christ's death, that the old man of whoever you're in conflict with right now, Hopefully they're a believer. If they're not a believer, it's going to be hard to restore because they're not going to be on the same page as you are, right? And so you're going to have to love really well. The responsibility is to love really well on your part. More is required from you as a believer than them. Do you guys realize that? But in the body of Christ, there's so much conflict. Right in this, just in this church. There's conflict in relationships. And if we can't reconcile with one another... How in the world is the world going to know that we, we're his disciples? Well, the word says, you'll know they're my disciples by their love for one another. One, one, one another. Do, so when I'm in conflict with a brother in the Lord or a sister in God, do I really believe, am I convinced that Christ died for all? Am I convinced that they've been reconciled to God? Am I convinced that it has really been done? Do I really believe that they are not the old man? Do I really believe that they are a new creation? Because the behavior that you're seeing doesn't line up with that. Can I have an amen? If any of you are in conflict right now, it's because you see a behavior, there's been something done, or you're perceiving something that may not even actually be there, and it's your own woundedness, but it's there. Because sometimes when you're offended at somebody, it ain't real. I've had people offended with me, and it's like, where did that come from? I've got to look at people not through 
the eyes of the flesh. When I'm in conflict with somebody, I have to believe in the new creation. I have to believe that Christ did die for all. And what it does is it positions me when I look at them through the reconciliation foundation of what's been given to me. I just now look at them with a different eye. I now see them that if I'm in conflict with you, it's like, no, that's not really them. I don't demonize them. I don't, oh, that's Jezebel. Well, I've done that before. Um, <laughs> I've, I've fallen short there a few times. I, I, I switch my gaze on the truth of the new man. And I go, wow, Chad really didn't mean that. That's not Chad. That's not what he would do. That's not what he said. There's something going on that I don't know. That's not who he is. I've just got to inquire. Instead of getting butt hurt, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, no, I believe God died for all. I believe he's been reconciled unto God. I believe he's a man of God. I believe the old man has passed away. The new is, is here. So I, have a, I just don't know what's going on. But what we do as Christians is we are really good at filling in the gaps. Aren't we? Yeah, we is. And we come to this uh, leaning to our own understanding, and we begin to get in pride, and we get into that we know best, and we think we know, and we, hmm, we build all the blocks. And we've got this fortified thing around them, and man, they did that on purpose. Or they did this, or they did that. Has anybody ever done that, or is that just me? And we set up these artificial blocks that need to be torn down. But because of this love shown to us, but because of this love that is shown to us, because he does not count our sin against us, if he does not count his sin against us, why are you counting someone else's sin against them? Do you believe this or not? His love compels me to see people differently, not after the flesh, not because uh, they hurt me or they did something to disappoint me, but I see them as struggling. I see them as something's going on. I see them as, wow, I need to inquire as to what is going on in their heart because I believe the best. Love believes the best. It believes all things. It believes we're the new creation. It believes that we're better than that. I just have to remind you that's not who you are as I help pull you out of the hole. Reconciliation is not about us, actually. It's really about us glorifying God in our relationships. It's just about us finding God's heart in restoring the relationship. And if reconciliation is a gift, you really do need to give it. If reconciliation is a real gift that's been given to you, then you need to give it away. You need to restore your relationships just like your relationship was restored back to God. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. Given it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, yeah. Because while we were enemies with God, he rec reconciled us and became friendly and forgave us and brought us back to himself and his heart whether we receive it or not. Right now, there are people in this room who may not know God. Maybe they haven't received that reconciliation, that restoration of your relationship back to God. But it's been given for all of us. And I'm, I'm in this place where God is wanting us to reconcile our relationships. He's wanting us to give the very thing that has been given to us. And he's wanting to give it away. To reconcile our relationships, it requires us to give to others what has been given to us.
I'm going to repeat that 10 or 12 times throughout this message. If I'm going to reconcile my relationships, it's because I'm going to give the very thing that was given to me. And my gosh, the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness that was given to Eric Haler and it was given to you is amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like you and me. Tom talked a little bit about it last week as well. So my first question is, for all of us, is have you truly been reconciled to God? God says you have, but have you received that? That we all start in the same place. We all start in sin. We all start separated from God. And you know, even in the, earlier in the service during worship when there was a tongue and interpretation of tongues, there was this knocking that was going on. There was this drawing. There was this thing of God trying to do something in all of our hearts. And we've all been separated from God, every one of us. This sin that we all go through that breaks the relationship that breaks the unity between us and the Father. I don't know about you, even in, in my life when I fall short and I miss the mark, that conviction that rises up, oh my gosh, that guilt that comes up. Anybody experienced it lately? Where you go, oh God. And I praise God for it because it's the Holy Spirit renewing my reconciliation to God. Taking by faith and going, oh God, I don't deserve your mercy. I don't deserve your grace. But I thank you that I've been reconciled to God because of Christ. I receive that reconciliation. I receive your mercy again. I repent. I, I, come, I turn from my sin. Again, God, God isn't going to bash you because you're in sin. But he sure loves you enough not to let you stay there. Amen. He's not going to let you stay in your sin. That conviction's going to be there. And you've got to respond to it. So we all start there, but it's through his son, Jesus. Amen. Jesus went to the cross and took your sin with him. And I thank God, you know, when, you know, when that old song, uh, yeah, I, can't, I can't remember the words, but, you know, when, when they're nailing the, the cross, nailing Jesus on the cross, you know, it's, I nailed him there with my sins and my transgressions. I nailed him there. You know, he was bruised for my iniquity. He was, he was chastised for, for my sin. And I, and I thank God for it. But are you here today? And I guess I wanted to, before I move to my second, my other point, is I want to make sure, if you're wanting to restore your relationships, have you been reconciled to God? Have you made that decision? I'm not going to assume that everybody in this room is saved. <laughs> I'm not going to assume that you're not uh, following Christ. And so I just want to take a moment before I move on. I, I want us to just close our eyes. I want us to take an inventory of our own life right now, every one of us. And we're going to go through a prayer, and then I'm going to make another point as we move on. But if you would, just close your eyes for a moment. Many different people in this room, but have you been reconciled to God? Have you received the gift of reconciliation Is everything right? Or is your sin still separating you from God? He stands at the door of your heart today. And he's knocking. And will you let him into your life? Will you give him your sin? Will you receive his forgiveness? Will you receive his reconciliation? Will you choose to follow Jesus Christ even today? Maybe you're here today and you've been saved for a long time, but this message of reconciliation makes you want to recommit your ways to the Lord. But I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and I'm just going to ask us all to pray it together. And when we're done praying, we're, we're going to have, at the end of the service, we're going to have an opportunity for the altar team to come forward. 
If you're here today and you've said it for the first time, I'm going to want you to come up and receive a book and some things so we can help you in your walk with Christ. Because this is a serious decision you're making today. But if you would, if you would just pray with me, everyone in this house. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. God, I need your help. I hear the knocking you're doing on my heart. I know you're drawing me closer. And I want to let you into my heart. But I've sinned. And I've hurt a lot of people. And today, God, I'm sorry for all that I've done. I ask that you would forgive me for all the sins against you and all the sins against people. Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the Son of God and that you took all my sin on the cross and that I am forgiven by you today. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for drawing me. Now, Holy Spirit, come and fill me up with your presence. Mm. Just put your arms up a little bit in the air. Just say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me up. Mm. God, I need more of you. Mm. Yes. Just receive right now. Receive. Today, God, I give you my life. And I choose to follow you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I give you my life. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the reconciliation that you do in our hearts of bringing us back into right relationship with you. I thank you, God, that you are drawing all of our hearts to you. And Lord, we love you and we give you praise and we thank you for reconciling us. We thank you for bringing us back into right relationship with you through your son. And so Lord, I just pray your blessing on each person that prayed that prayer today, God, that you would continue to draw their hearts closer to you. In Jesus' name. Now the second area that I want to ask you today, as we, and the reason I did that the way I did it is again, I'm not, you're never going to be able to restore your relationship with others if you don't restore the relationship with God. Are you with me on that? If you don't reconcile with God, I can't give it away. And so that's why I did that in the middle of that time. But the second thing that I want to ask all of us, because I'm, I'm assuming everyone has made a commitment to Christ today now. I'm, I'm assuming that you were serious about that call. My question is, is will you commit to giving reconciliation to your broken relationships? No. Will you commit to bringing reconciliation to your broken relationships? I have a sister-in-law that me and Karen long to be restored to. It's been five years since we've seen or talked to him. It's so sad. How the enemy has twisted that situation there are people in this church who no longer come to this church that i know god wants to restore and to reconcile in relationships you know them you're, you're they're not here right now and god's wanting to restore relationships even within his church but are you committed to bringing reconciliation will you bring reconciliation to your relationships if you if you say yes please just say yes i will do that I will commit to bringing reconciliation. Because I'm a person of covenant. Amen? So, here's what I want you to do. is You have to come up with this thing, who you're currently in conflict with, which we had a name at the beginning of the service. And what has to take place is you have to now give that mercy and that love that was given to you, you have to now give it away to them. 
And it's not based upon their sin. It's not based upon what they're doing wrong. If you're going to be, and we're going to walk this walk out, it's not, it was when you were still a sinner, when you were still messing up, God reconciled you. So it's not that they're going to correct their, or they're going to say, I'm sorry, and they're going to be all this sweet, dancey, oh, I love you too. It may not happen that way. But are you going to reconcile in your heart? That's what I'm talking about right now. Are you going to extend mercy and forgiveness and compassion to them and start looking at them in a different manner so that you can deal with the offense that's in your heart, so that you can actually forgive them and let go of the offense that's in your heart so that you can be reconciled to them whether they choose to come back to you or not? Does that make sense? So I can still have reconciliation with my sister-in-law. I can still be reconciled to her in my heart, whether she chooses to be reconciled unto me or not. I can give, and man, we do. We give birthday gifts. We send money. We send notes. We send letters. We, send, we pour love out to them. We, we, we do those things and hear nothing back. But what we're doing is we're giving love. We're giving forgiveness. We're giving mercy back to them. And so if we're going to be committed and in covenant, we're going to have to give love, forgiveness, and mercy, whether they're performing well or not. Can I have an amen on that? Oh, praise the Lord. Are you willing to do that? I always love it when I reconcile. Because sometimes you may not have to confront them. You may not have to go to them and confront them. If you can reconcile with it here, and you can make peace with God, you don't have to go, hey man, you really just did me over. They may not even, especially if they don't have a clue that you're offended. If somebody doesn't have a clue that you're offended and hurt by them, don't go and say, I forgive you. (laughs) Oh, thanks for giving me your burden and now putting it on me. If they have no clue that you're offended, deal with it with you and God. Don't go to them and, and now put the burden on them. Oh, what did I do? Oh, didn't know I offended you. Okay, what did I do? <laughs> and if, if you can't deal with it, you can't deal with it. I, I get it. That was a rabbit trail. That was free. In First John 4, 20, it says you can't say you love God and hate your brother or sister. The Bible says you're, you're a liar. And so if there's somebody that you're in hate, that word hate is not that I want to kill them. It's, it's the fact that you're offended. And so we have to obey and honor the Lord. And we have to move towards them. And so it starts with forgiveness. It, sh- it starts with choosing to show love and mercy. And to give that his love compels me. His love compels me. The love that was given to me compels me to forgive them and to release them. And to break that offense off that's in my heart. And God will let, and then, and as you let go of the offense in your heart, Christ will do something to restore the relationship. I, I love the testimony that Susan Julian shares about her own family that she was separated from for years, and how God, 12 years, and how God is right now in the process of restoring relationships and reconciling relationships but it's through prayer and it's through forgiving it's through letting go of the offense that God is bringing reconciliation it's powerful powerful stuff so we must extend mercy and forgiveness are you guys going to do that because this is the power of reconciliation that heals relationships so here's what has happened within my heart as I've been walking through this and there's been some people that I've reached out to once I deal with the offense and the hurt in my own heart it now gives me the power to ask powerful questions without trying to control manipulate offend or do anything all of a sudden I'm having the freedom to be able to go to somebody it's 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 when you let go of the offense and you forgive and you let people go you now have this heart of compassion where you go, man, I just, I just want a relationship with you. I, just, I, just, I want to be restored back to you. And it really helps us in that process. So here's where we're going to go. I've got an action plan. There's a few other notes here, but I'm going to have to p- pass them. Here's the action plan for this week. If you have a phone, if you wouldn't mind taking a picture of that, because I really want you to do something with this. 
is that print pre-saw? Well, take a picture and blow it up. And if you need it, I'll put it on Facebook. How's that sound? I will put this on Facebook and friends, New Covenant Worship Center and friends. We've already identified the people God is convicting us to reconcile with, so that's, that's step one. Step two, I want us to study 2 Corinthians 5, which is the passage about reconciliation. I really want us to take a look at that. And as we look at that, I want us to ask God to forgive us, uh, ask him to forgive you for holding offense in your heart towards others. Ask him to give you a revelation of the power of his reconciliation towards you. Ask him to show you his mercy and his love and his forgiveness towards your own sin and your own brokenness. So it's, it's taking today's message and just meditating on my own brokenness and where I was in my own sin as he reconciled me back unto God. And so because, again, we're, we're wanting to get that, sound, that foundation secure underneath our feet because I'm not going to be able to give it away if I don't understand it for myself. So that's point two. Point three, ask God to show you his love and his mercy and forgiveness toward the person you need to reconcile to. Ask him where they are hurting. What are they struggling with? Ask him for compassion towards them. Ask him to soften your heart and then begin to pray for them. Ooh, 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 ooh. Man, when you start praying for somebody you're offended with, oh, buddy, the Holy Spirit has a way of moving. Have him soften your heart towards that person. Number four, now we need to work and walk through forgiveness. And here's where I want to encourage you. You may need a discipleship partner. Hey, if, you don't, if you're not under, into being in discipleship, if you're not meeting with people to grow in your walk with God, you really need to get in some relationships within the church and really begin to walk some of this stuff out with other people. It holds you accountable. You hear what I'm saying? So forgive them. Release the offense you have in your heart to the Lord and release all the judgment, the anger, the bitterness to the Lord and forgive them for all and any offenses. If you, have, if you are struggling, still struggling, then get help. Get an emotional healing session with this and let others help you. So I have seen, even this past weekend when we were ministering to these guys, there was such unforgiveness and bitterness in some of these guys' hearts, that when they were able to walk through that emotional healing and release that person and, have, and then have us help them walk that forgiveness out, they were then empowered to forgive. And so if you can't get to that place in forgiveness, you really need an emotional healing session. You, we can go on our, our, on our website and you can sign up for one of those. If you can't get through that this week, you need to get help from somebody else. Are you guys with me on that? Most of the time, we need help from other people. If, if, if not, you'd have already taken care of it, right? Okay, step five. Ask someone more spiritually mature than you to help you walk this out. Ask them if you should go to the person to take the reconciliation further. So when you say, for example, you've released them, you've forgiven them, but the relationship's still broken, and you feel like you're supposed to go to that person, I really would prefer you hear next week's message before you do that. I wouldn't go to anybody and confront anybody until you hear next week's message, okay? Are you guys with me? Next week's message, I'm going to talk about the three keys to confronting people, but this was the foundation that I wanted to lay before we talk about that. Are you guys cool with that? But get with somebody and say, how would you, what, if you were to re restore that relationship, how, how should I do it? But again, I, I really want to encourage you to get help from other people. Is there any, and then, and then ask yourself these questions. Is there anything you need to ask the other person to forgive you for? We so much focus on what somebody has done to us, we don't always, we very rarely ask the Lord, what is it that I've done to offend the other party? So we need to ask, what do I need to do? Do I need to ask for forgiveness from them? Did you sin against them? God wants us to clean up our mess and restore our relationships and minister reconciliation. Come ready next week to discuss the keys to confronting people in a healthy way. All right, you guys cool with that? Everybody got a picture of that? I know that's a lot, and it's 1215. I got to land the plane. I will put that action plan on New Covenant Worship Center and Friends today. If you would, just please stand with me, and we're going to close up our service. Say, I am a minister of reconciliation. I have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And I make a choice to reconcile 
my relationships that are broken in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, God, for all your people here. I just pray, God, that that as we bring the kingdom of heaven to our relationships, I thank you that you're destroying the kingdom of darkness and the division that comes from the enemy. I thank you, God, that you're going to restore unity in this house. You're going to restore unity in relationships. You're going to bring health, and you're going to bring nourishment, and you're going to restore relationships. Father, I thank you for that. We give you the praise for it. And God, as we leave today, God, we just want to say thank you for reconciling us back to you. Father, I just want to thank you for my salvation. Anybody else? (laughs) I just want to thank you. When I was 13, God just came knocking on my door and you reconciled me back to you. I'm so thankful for your love. I'm so thankful for your mercy. I'm so thankful that you're not mad at me because you have every right to be. But I thank you that your wrath was satisfied through your precious Son. And so, Lord, we thank you for our salvation. Lord, we thank you that we are your children. We thank you, God, that you have forgiven us and that you've washed us and that you have restored us as friends. We are so thankful. Thank you. Thank you for our salvation, God. And Lord, if there are people here that are struggling in their walk with you, God, we want to minister to them. We want to help them to come to know this joy and this hope that comes from being reconciled back to you. So if I could have the altar team come up and if I could have the prophetic team go back to the back. Come on up, guys. As we dismiss this service, and maybe earlier in the service you said that prayer for the first time. Our, our altar team, they really want to pray with you. They have a book down here. It's called, What Are My Next Steps As I've Become a Christian and As I've Given My Heart to Christ. They'll give you one of those, and we want to get you involved in a relationship and, and a discipleship relationship to where we can help you grow so that you can bring reconciliation to your relationships. So we're just glad you're here. We're glad you, if you're with us as a guest, thank you for being with us today. We pray you felt the presence of God. But I just declare, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you today. May the countenance of our God be with you. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you as you go into the mission field to bring reconciliation to the world to our amazing God. So Father, I bless your people. I pray, God, that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them to go into the mission field and to minister reconciliation in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen.